Hear that sound? The revving engines roaring down the road are the notorious Red Helmet Girl Gang. They've come to challenge the Toho Gang, and we don't stand a chance. Get ready for some mayhem in episode 69, Girl Boss Gorilla. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro. I'm your host this episode, Joey Weiser, and with me are my usual co-hosts, V. Hey, V. Hi, Joey. And Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey. Hey, and today we are actually joined by a special guest, Abby Denton. Hey, Abby. Greetings. It, it, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for <laughs> inviting me on, on a movie I've wanted to watch for years, uh, but just haven't been able to justify uh, to my partner. Uh, who, of course, would would judge me deeply to see this DVD on the shelf, despite its uh, beautiful cover art. Yes, we've all been judged today, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, Abby. So Abby was on our Sanshiro Sugata episode uh, last year, and uh, so making her second appearance. Um, why don't you, if folks missed that episode or have forgotten, why don't uh, you give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you do, and then um, maybe uh, describe what the appeal uh, of this movie was that made you uh, want to cover it with us. Well, I, th- thank you. Well, I, I, I was a stand-up comedian once once upon a time when um, public spaces existed um, <laughs> before the, the parks were defunded, the libraries were defunded, when, um, when the commons still existed. Uh, I would stand in the commons and I would just sort of deliver jokes to nobody. No one really wanted to hear them, but they heard them. And uh, that, I think, is, is essentially how Carlin got his start. So uh, I, I think... I think I deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as George Carlin. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I'm also a, a, a writer of, um, of of negotiable skill. I, I, I wrote an audio sitcom uh, cyberpunk setting called Cyber Cafe at uh, abiden.podbean.com if you're interested in checking that out. The main character is a brain in a jar, played by Hollywood Steve of the Yacht Rock uh, web series and podcast. <laughs> nice. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, not just because um, I talk a lot about uh, torrenting episodes of Digimon on it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman of many passions. And I've, I've wanted to watch this film for a long time, ever since I saw the poster, which is one of the classiest movie posters I've ever seen. It's just these two totally shirtless women um, holding switchblade knives, making like tough guy poses uh, with bicycles, with like a, like a red slash sort of through the screen or through the, uh, through the poster. With the title written on the side, mm-hmm. and uh, Morio Agata playing uh, playing a guitar in the bottom, and it, it's it's just so over the top for like a movie about dames getting in motorcycle fights, I, and I've I've always always wanted to watch it, but uh, yeah, and you know I f- I feel like I just realized that I may not have actually introduced the movie itself. Uh, we are going to be covering Girl Boss Gorilla from 1972. <laughs> Um, and that's gorilla as in the soldier uh not the uh big ape although uh i'm ready I feel to talk like that would Godzilla be a great movie <laughs> <laughs> go ahead oh i i just i think girl boss gorilla would also be a great <laughs> idea for a movie 
Oh yeah, I'm ready for that movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. Um, so and and then that so that's just your experience with the movie is that you were familiar with the poster and interested in it, but haven't uh, seen it yet uh, before this, right? It it's it rarely shows up in film festivals and revival mm. screenings. Uh, you'd be shocked how rarely people talk about this movie. Uh, so it, it was good to finally have an excuse to track it down. Oh yeah, definitely. And incidentally, um, the English release uh, carefully covers both of their, well, I guess all four of their breasts with the the English title "Girl Boss Gorilla." Yeah, um, which unfortunately covers their awesome like flower tattoo, uh, flower yeah. and snake tattoo. But um, I understand. Uh, in fact, on our Twitter account, I opted for that one just because I didn't want to get anybody <laughs> mad, uh, screaming Very not safe wise. for work at me. <laughs> um, well, so, you got four hosts of this show. You should just put our faces over the four. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh, wait. I, I just noticed the the biker gang behind um, Sachiko are all also shirtless in the background. <laughs> I don't think they ride their motorcycles naked. In the movie, but uh, the poster, great. Yeah. Good for them. That leaves, that's something for you to take home and imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is the third of seven uh, Girl Boss movies uh, in the series. I think all oh. starring um, uh, uh, Miki Sugimoto. But um, so, uh, and Alex, uh, had you heard of this movie or, or I know you hadn't seen it before? Um, no, I have not heard of it or seen it. Um but uh, this is the first, I think, pinky uh, type movie that we're going to be discussing uh, that we have discussed on the show so far after 50 some episodes. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. I do have a pinky movie uh, that I got for Christmas by accident uh, called Sex and Fury that I still haven't watched. And I've had this movie on my shelf for like ages. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think, um, uh, you know, I haven't. Uh, long story short, I haven't. Uh, heard or seen this movie but um i do think that uh, we should probably have like a little bit of a primer for those who don't know what pinky uh the pinky genre is yeah yeah i, I yeah i was gonna cover that uh, briefly uh just real quick v did you have any experience or or knowledge of this movie going in uh not really i had some like academic knowledge of the pinky violence <laughs> subgenre but had not actually watched any yeah Okay, I, yeah, I had seen this once before um, when I was finally kind of doing a big deep dive into Japanese film and getting into the sort of <laughs> trash cinema side of uh, that. I finally bought this uh, beautiful neon pink box set that I had eyed for years at my local rental store uh, <laughs> called the Pinky Violence Collection from a company called Panic House. And yeah, let's talk about this term, pinky violence. Um, that term is actually relatively new. Um, it was coined by, uh, like, retroactively by the author J. Taro Sugisaku for his 1999 book, Pinky Violence, Toei's Bad Girls, and has been sort of adopted um, pretty widely to describe uh, pink films that are um, have more of an action angle and pink, uh, or in the 70s, they were mostly just called Flat, flat out porno um, was the <laughs> term that you'll see on a lot of the posters. Porno. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a pretty funny uh, anecdote that the director of this uh, at one point was asked uh, by one of his stars, uh, what does porno mean? And he just said, like, it means like 
romance and uh <laughs> sensuality or something like that um but um yeah so it's it's this is just a term basically for softcore pornography movies uh is a pretty like blunt way to put it but like they have a kind of more mainstream presence in japan um i think rather than what we would think of like you know when we think of like the red shoes diaries or something like that i think um, uh russ meyer films are yeah. maybe yeah, because this Western movie, analog. like, hmm. it, it ran in regular, like, movie theaters, and it, it was a double bill with the original Battles Without Honor and Humanity, uh, actually. So, um, now we've covered that entire bill, which I think is interesting. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, they're this kind of huge part of 70s cinema that was when uh, the movies were having to really compete with television, and so they kind of upped the scandalous nature of what was on film, and then... That market's kind of been moved to home video in the 80s and 90s um, with uh, what's usually called like V cinema, video cinema. But um, yeah, I, I was pretty like excited for this one in particular when I first got that set because I had read a glowing review of it at one point. And it was by the director of my beloved Truck Yaro movies, um, Norifumi Suzuki. And I don't know, when I finally saw it, I think it was a little overhyped for me because I was a little let down uh, and didn't like have a super high regard for this. And even when Abby brought this to us, I was like, yeah, I don't really remember that movie. And I feel like the last few times I've said that it hasn't panned out very well uh, with the movies that we've covered. So uh, w- will that opinion still stand? <laughs> let's let's find out. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about the staff for this. Uh, the director is Norifumi Suzuki, who we've covered a number of times in our Truck Yaro episodes. Um, but this is the first time that we're covering a pink film of his, which is more of what he's well known for, especially outside of Japan. Um I think especially specifically for the this uh, movie called School of the Holy Beast, which is a nunsploitation movie uh, in particular. Um, what? Oh, yeah. It's a pretty wild uh, <laughs> nuns being bad uh, type of movie and specifically wow. like Catholic nuns, because I think he as as a child was raised uh, briefly, I think, in the Catholic Church or something like that. And so hmm. has sort of an axe to grind with that. I think something that is important to keep in mind with Suzuki is that he has a few like signature elements that he brings to his movies. Uh, first of all, there is the uh, lowbrow humor which is very prevalent in uh, Toho Yaro or in Truck Yaro <laughs> and Toho Yaro. Um, uh, and you can definitely see that in this movie, uh, as well as a lot of his movies are pretty famous for having torture scenes and sadomasochism, which I think were pretty light in this uh, entry in particular, which uh, <laughs> I am grateful for. That's not uh, something I'm super into. But I'm very uh, curious about the rest of them now. <laughs> Yeah, School of the Holy Beast gets pretty wild. Um, <clears throat> there's yeah, there's some other ones, too. But um, so and then the other kind of big thing with Suzuki that sets him apart from some of his like contemporaries is that his movies often have this very like anti-authority uh, air in them specifically. Like uh, in Truck Arrow, this comes out against traffic cops. And um, in this movie, we see him going after organized religion couple times with a few different religions. Um, and there's also this sort of general 
man versus woman delinquent versus organized crime thing that I think is also kind of baked into this uh, thing where he kind of butts up against authority. But um, yeah, and as for the actors, um, the two main leads are Miki Sugimoto and Reiko Ike, who um, are said to have been the kind of top pink performers uh, at this time. And they supposedly had a rivalry between the two, but I think it's kind of like that was it's kind of up for debate how much of that was manufactured by the studio and moviegoers. Um, But the films uh, that they were in were often like either if they were in separate films, they were pitted up once uh, against once another or they were often like in the same movies as rivals or something like that. Um, when they and so it was kind of a big deal whenever they'd be in movies together. Um, the star of this film, uh, in this case, is Miki uh, Sugimoto, who plays Sachiko, the leader of the Red Helmet Gang. And uh, Sugimoto was in several Sugimoto uh, films, um, a lot of the Hot Springs Geisha movies. Um, and I think her most famous role was in a movie called Zero Woman, Red Handcuffs, uh, which I see come up a lot when I uh, search for her. I think that... Um, that one was released in English, uh, but I cannot uh, endorse it. I have not seen it, so who knows? <laughs> but um, Reiko I, Ike. I endorse on it other- on title alone. <laughs> yeah, Zero Woman, Red Handcuffs. Uh, th- these always have like really great titles, uh, I think. But um, And as for Reiko Ike, uh, she plays Nami the Drifter. And uh, Ike was in a lot of similar films uh, as Sugimoto, but I think uh, is notably in uh, she's the star of Sex and Fury, uh, directed by Norifumi Suzuki. And that's the the movie that you've got, Alex, um, where she has a pretty like notorious uh, naked sex scene where she like cuts down like a billion dudes with a sword uh, in the buff. That's cool. (laughs) But it's still a sex scene. That's amazing. (laughs) What is she doing? a nude scene, at least. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, as well as uh, she is in a lot of more like what you quote unquote legitimate movies, uh, a lot of movies by Kinji Fukasaku, like Battles Without Honor and Humanity and Graveyard of Honor, Cops versus Thugs. Um, and unfortunately, her career was cut short uh, in the, I think, late 70s when she was arrested for illegal drug and gambling charges. Ooh. Yeah, living true to her characters, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, yeah drugs I, will get you sent up the river there for a while, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And she'd had it sort of like up It's very strange to... Sorry. No, go ahead. It, 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 it's very strange to think of, you know, appearing in these sorts of movies where, like, a big part of the appeal is sort of watching people live out these, these very antisocial fantasies mm-hmm. and, and then seeing the same actors sort of be ruined on... I don't know. Gambling, I feel like, is less bad than like a violent murder mm-hmm. but mm. yeah yeah definitely I, <laughs> gambling i, I would a, say that's a universal I, phenomenon right down on that and say that gambling is less bad than violent murder but <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know yeah ike i think had a kind of ups and downs in her career she had like left the film industry to focus on music for a while and this was around the time that she had returned so it was kind of a big deal that she was in this movie and i think it's why she gets a little bit more fanfare uh, and dramatic entrance and stuff like that. Um, the male lead of this movie is uh, Masataka Naruse, who plays Ichiro, the boxer. Um, he's in a lot of pink films as well. 
several with Reiko, uh, Ike as well, like Sex and Fury, New Battles Without Honor and Humanity, Cops and Thugs. Um, and his most recent credit is actually from 2018. So I think he's still at it. Um, but, um, at one point in his life, uh, reflecting on his career, he actually named this his favorite film that he'd ever made, which is interesting. (laughs) Uh, I think he said that like he worked with friends, like he had a lot of friends on the set or something like that. So he reflected on it fondly. Um, it's interesting you say that because the film definitely has the, I, I kept thinking of like student films where they'll, they'll shoot just scenes that they think will be funny and then try to cut them together. Oh my God. And, and yes. it doesn't necessarily tonally match. And, yeah. and so I, I can never really imagine they were just like on set and they were like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if like they go to an, an OBGYN and mug him? Or <laughs> yeah. Something. Someone's like, I wrote, wrote a script. I, I wrote a skit. Can we put it in your movie? <laughs> um, yeah. That's the thing I love about Norifumi Suzuki is that he's kind of like off the rails. Like it, like, the tone is all over the place and it's very scrappy. It'll just kind of jump from one scene to the next. But like, I don't know, it like looks like they're having fun uh, making the movie and joking around and stuff. Um, a lot of these like, you know, I've seen a fair amount of Yakuza movies and these kind of like action, the pinky violence type movies. And his movies kind of stand out because they have the humor, which even if the humor doesn't like super hit for me always, it lightens the mood, which is nice. Like hmm. uh, we did previously cover one movie that kind of that falls into this category, Female Prisoner Scorpion. And that movie is like very heavy. Um, I hmm. think there is a little bit of humor in it, but like it's a like completely different uh, vibe. <laughs> um, I, I tried watching the second one of those and she gets crucified in the first five minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very over the top. Uh, yeah, that second one is really good, though. Um, there's some crazy stuff in that one. Um hmm. So Morio Agata plays Agata, the singer um, that you had mentioned earlier, Abby. Um, he's a Japanese folk singer. Um, his song in the movie was actually his debut single, uh, Red Elegy, which uh, was a big hit for him. And um, he uh, was named after a manga by Seichi Hayashi that uh, has actually been published in English by Drawn and Corley, but I believe is out of print these days and kind of tough to get a hold of. Um, friend of the show, Casey, um, previous guest, uh, when he was visiting uh, my hometown or not hometown, but the town I currently live in, Athens, uh, was very stoked to find it in our comic book store, Bizarre Wuxtry. So I kind of remember that. Um, But yeah, it's not unusual for movies like this to have um, like to feature musical acts. And it's like not even super unusual for them to just go by their regular name because they're like trying to kind of this is kind of the thing where it ends up becoming kind of more like a variety show and the actor is just kind of here to like promote his new single or whatever. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know? what I was going to say. It's, it's very variety show and that like, it's a series of skits and then a musical guest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did kind of remind me of uh, another movie that we covered getting any. Oh in yeah. That, um, uh, there seemed to be, yeah, it sort of seemed to be sort of structured a little bit like vignettes and some of them were very, uh, very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, the, the gynecologist for, for example, uh, was very, uh, that, that, that seemed very, uh, sketch comedy to me. Yeah. So Agata is like primarily a musician. He's, he's directed like a handful of films between 1975 and 2016, uh, which I think is interesting, but I think that, uh, music is his main thing. 
Um, and then the last member of the cast that I had to mention is Toru Abe as the big bad Yakuza boss. Um, we've talked about him before, um, I think maybe a few times. Uh, he's definitely was in Abashiri Prison as kind of the bad guy in that one. Uh, he's very well known for playing villains uh, and characters exactly like this, <laughs> basically. Um, so, yeah, uh, briefly, uh, I'm going to just uh, go over the plot here. Uh, Sachiko and her red helmet girl gang arrive in Kyoto, where they cause quite a ruckus. Uh, they're conning men out of money and coming into conflict with the local Skabon um, at Skabon, which we talked about in our Skabon Deca episode just means like delinquent girls, um, not quite like gangsters, you know, um, not not organized to that degree. Um, not to be confused so, with uh, Sake Mon, who is a yellow poop monster uh, who's friends with a mouse. <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, do not confuse those two. Because <laughs> my, uh, um, so, my my TV show Sake Mon uh, Deka is uh, an award winner. <laughs> poop monster cop. Um, sounds pretty good. To he me. has a yo-yo. <laughs> so they're causing causing trouble around town uh, and and getting into uh, trouble with the the kind of bit more organized uh, girl gangs. Uh, and then Nami, the notorious Skavon from Kyoto, returns and sides with the Red Helmets as they take over. Uh, Nami's brother is a yakuza, and, and his gang. Uh, kind of means to control the local Skabon, but Sachiko uh, fights back against them. And in a fight with them, she's eventually rescued by Ichiro, a boxer, and they start a very uh, tsundere romance. <laughs> a lot of that sort of, uh, you know, it's not like I like you or anything. Uh, I just happen to be following you around the, the country. Um, and so Sachiko and her gang follow Ichiro, as I said, uh, to a beachside resort where uh, he is training and they begin uh, to get up to their usual trouble when the Yakuza from Kyoto arrive. Uh, the Yakuza demand money from Ichiro's coach uh, at, because he had gotten in a fight with them. And eventually they kidnap his coach's daughter to up the stakes. And Sachiko and company rescue the daughter and Ichiro, uh, but the tables are turned and the women are captured and tortured. Um, Ichiro comes to their rescue, but in the scuffle, he is stabbed and dies. Uh, determined to get revenge, Sachiko returns to Kyoto, where she literally drags <laughs> the Skabon who sold them out, um, hitching her up to a motorcycle in a pretty rough scene, um, and then uh, blows up the gangsters with a well-timed bomb. Uh, Nami bids farewell to Kyoto, and the Red Helmet gang rides off towards the horizon. And that is... Uh, is Gorilla Girl Boss. Um, I, I I can get more into my thoughts later, but I'll just say off the bat that I ended up liking this a lot more the second time. Um, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, v, what did you think about it? I kind of hated this. Mm. Um, I, it's, it's weird because a lot of the stuff that like I'm used to in Truck Yara movies uh, just does not play quite the same here. Yeah. Um, even though it's structured almost identically to one of those in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, the, it, I don't know, just weird vibes, the whole thing. I'm, I'm less angry at it than I was, uh, uh, our last, uh, most dangerous game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Most dangerous game. Our last like pulp violence 
uh, thing because like I this has not that that one's aspiring to be a super serious crime movie, but this one has obviously got its sights set a little lower, mm-hmm. uh, lower brow at least. And some of the things worked. I, I do like a lot of the like goofs and to- and to- Truckyaro style like sketches and comedy. But yeah, mm-hmm. overall, I just did not enjoy this. Ah, that's too bad. How about you, Alex? You know what? Yeah, I kind of liked it. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I I had a lot of notes. Uh, there's a, a little bit of it that made me a little uncomfortable. There's a little too much violence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lady, uh, lady violence uh, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, particularly when um, Sachiko gets tortured at the end. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I didn't really enjoy that too much. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I really loved all of the uh, sk- uh, skip on stuff in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, like anything that just involved like, you know, oh, it's they're basically Yakuza, but they're they're girls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think girl gangs are cool. Um, and uh, I, I think I probably could have done without like, you know, the um, a lot of the a lot of the male on female violence. Yeah. But I guess, you know, I. The sort of the, uh, you know, the fact that they treat them like equals, I guess, is I guess that's progressive. <laughs> no. uh, I wouldn't go that far. But it's yeah. a very enlightened movie. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that uh, I loved the um, the brawls, the fist fights. Yeah. If there's anything um, Norfumi Suzuki is really great at, it's brawls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked every brawl, basically. Uh, I thought that most of a lot of them were really fun. Uh, Ichiro stuff that was fine too. Um, uh, you know, you gotta, you need, you needed some sort of need for revenge. You yeah. Know? Um, I think the thing I really liked about this movie the most though is that it's pretty breezy at an hour and twenty three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, nothing really lingers too too much, and it sort of gets to the point right away. Um, and uh, I really like the member of the girl gang who um, I don't know why, but I I called her Shelly Duvall and she's the one that uh, she, I don't know. She reminded me of Shelly Duvall some for some reason. <laughs> um, she's the only one who speaks English or like oh, random yeah. bits of English. Uh, but yeah, that's her I character quirk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were all they all had like, I guess. I mean, if this is the third movie in the series, I suppose that the rest of the gang establishes themselves. And the other ones, but um, that seemed to be her quirk, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I guess I, I curbed my expectations at the beginning because I kind of knew what this movie was going to be. Yeah. Um, mm. And even though I was expecting like softcore porn stuff, I didn't expect there to be so much. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I think I like read my yeah, I read my notes that this is like Japanese Emmanuel, like <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, Probably probably less sex than Emmanuel, though. I think that's that sex is like at the forefront of those movies. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, those are my like random thoughts. Uh, I'll have more specific thoughts once we get closer to uh, our favorite parts and stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. Abby, how was it finally uh, getting this white whale <laughs> seeing this movie for you? The greatest film since Citizen Kane, my friends. <laughs> I, I've. I I laughed, I cried, I kissed ten bucks goodbye, my friend. It it I I've never I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, which admittedly uh, it's a very thin seat, so I, I didn't really have a choice. Um, 
It was great. The the sex scenes actually I, I thought were very funny because the, the dialogue the characters would be saying like, oh, we're really having sex right now. But then like their <laughs> hips are clearly about a foot apart from each other. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah, in they're really, everyone. Th- there wasn't really uh, there didn't seem to be any actual intercourse. Yeah. Um, uh, I I I read this this DVD uh, actually has commentary and I was listening Ooh. to the commentary today and during the scene where they're like taking photos of the priest who's having sex with the nun like <laughs> uh, the commentator was like this is probably the least sexy sex scene in a pink <laughs> film I've ever seen <laughs> I've ever seen <laughs> That's beautiful I praise Yeah I, I I was fascinated by the 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 bald lady because mm-hmm. she's like the centerpiece of the movie for about 15 minutes and that is never seen again. Yeah, I kind of glossed over her because she does. She's yeah more of a vignette than a pl- plot point. It, but yeah, she's like really, a nun, a, a like Buddhist nun or something. Um, she just casually steals a motorcycle. <laughs> she joins the gang. She shows she, up in, her, in the yeah. rest of the movie. Yeah, she's there. She's just mostly got a wig on and a lot of things, but it's constantly falling off. Yeah, yeah. yeah which I she also was funny. she also rips a huge fart right before she steals the uh, the bike. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm I'm uh, you know I don't like I'm I was delayed that never came up again. I thought that was just really <laughs> funny. Very funny choice. Yeah. It, it's an interesting movie because the first scene, uh, it, it opens with, um, what is it, the, the, the Toei crawl of the, the waves crashing against the rock, but with motorcycle roars. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, it's not going to be like your normal movie. And then they're <laughs> roaring down the highway. And then like you, you see a rival biker with like a T-shirt that just says Easy Rider on it. <laughs> yeah. And if you uh, missed just, it, he points it out uh, later. He's like, <laughs> I'm an Easy Rider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As it's I was weird. Watching, um, oh, yeah, my, my girlfriend was watching it as I was, um, or she was working as I was watching it, and she's like, "How's the movie?" And I'm like, "Yo, uh, in the first ten minutes, like it's it's pretty sweet. Like uh, it's this girl biker gang, and these dudes like who are also bikers like try to hit on them, and then they like stop, and she takes off her shirt, and she's got a <laughs> tattoo on her left titty, and then they beat the shit out of the guys." It's awesome. Like, and that like sold her on the movie. But then I was like, I don't Aww. know if you'd like this. <laughs> yeah. That yes. opening scene, the first, like the opening through that fight, I was like, is this just like Tokusatsu with titties? Like, cause <laughs> oh, it, yeah, they're, they're like fighting the scarves and in, everything. In yeah. A gravel lot. I was like, are we going to get to the, to the rock quarry? <laughs> um, <laughs> they have color coded motorcycle yep. uniforms and scarves. It's absolutely yeah. like this was like six years before Sentai, but Common Rider had been out for a year. Common Rider's in this movie. There's a billboard. Yeah. Uh, oh, I missed the, that. I missed when the, when the like two girl gangs are doing the introductions to themselves, to each other. Oh yeah. They must be in the back of a Toei lot or something like that. Cause there's a total billboard for Kamen Rider and some magical girl anime. I, I don't uh-huh. remember which one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the I introduction scene is great because they're all arranged, um, like the, the the incoming gang, the main gang are all sort of arranged in like a five man pose, but there's like a missing what is it? The missing wing formation mm. when you have a, a dead pilot, um, and they all pose as one, and, and it's like it's perfectly arranged on the camera to, to draw your attention to this empty space because later on in the movie, Nami joins after they deal with Arlong, and, and then it cuts to the the rival <laughs> gang, and it's like this huge crowd that I don't, I mean, it, it, obviously it was on purpose. Like like the leader. 
declares who they are and then like leans down in a pose and then everyone as one takes the same pose and it, it's it's just about to turn into West Side Story. <laughs> and it's, yeah, every a, scene of the movie just thing. feels like it's a totally different movie. Like the the they come into town and they start doing just top cat shenanigans. Like they just steal money out of a charity jar, <laughs> <laughs> and then they start prostituting themselves. <laughs> and it's 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 whiplash. It's the only way yeah. I can describe it. It's it's magnificent. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, that that opening scene with the like dudes who are hassling them and then they fight against them. I like that that scene is in there because like otherwise the rest of the movie is typically like the women delinquents can't quite overpower the male Yakuza and they always have to be rescued by the boxer guy uh, for the most part. Um, but it it's nice that there's at least one scene where it's maybe kind of justified that these aren't Yakuza. They're just also delinquents uh, that the, these ladies can kind of get one up on and, and beat up some loser dudes who are uh, trying to hit on them, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like this movie. I thought it was very fun. Um, I think it is kind of a matter of expectations to some extent or like kind of, you know, knowing that you're 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 watching trash you know to some extent but like i think that like suzuki is perfect for this kind of movie i i like all the like humor and the like weird stuff that he brings to it um you know if if given the choice i'd always opt to not have torture in my movies so like you know if if there's one thing i'd really like to take out it was all that stuff but it's pretty brief like um, I've, you know, other movies like this, that can be kind of the, the, the thing that it really wants to linger on. And thankfully it wasn't, um, you know, the majority of the movie. Um, but you know, I think the, the romance story with Ichiro is fine. Like, I don't think that he really stood out that much and I didn't like particularly love um him or get that invested in them but i i did like the drama like i really love uh the melodrama that suzuki puts in to everything like that's the thing that i really <laughs> love about truckyaro too um and i think that miki sugimoto does a good job of kind of selling uh you know how upset she is when he is dead and and we get that great scene on the beach uh with the the musical number and all that stuff um so, yeah, I think overall, uh, I think this is a pretty good, like, fun movie with some unfortunate uh, stuff in it. And, you know, it definitely, like, has, uh, you know, <laughs> questionable, uh, uh, you know, approaches to looking at the different, um, you know, male women <laughs> uh, relationships and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a uh, pink movie. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed revisiting it for sure. Uh, going along with those expectations, like I wasn't actually that dismayed at the scene where she's like chained up and they're uh, beating her bloody with like split bamboo or whatever, just mm -hmm. because that like that is a huge subgenre of like eroticism and popular porn in Japan. So I wasn't it's not my thing but i wasn't that surprised by it the what oh, was the lighter me, that got me honestly yeah that that's my wife amy was watching this and the lighter coming out is when uh one of the times that amy just yelled what the fuck Aww. um <laughs> uh 
but the thing that like felt most like uncomfortable and brutal to me was actually uh when they road haul the the rival oh my god Skaban. Yeah. that was just like oh god this is that was like genuinely upsetting and horrifying to me. Well, well, I it, it mean, it dragged on for a long time, but I, I, I don't know if it was just because I've watched a lot of Monty Python, but the fact that it was so clearly a dummy was, yeah, very it was funny. Very, it was very me. much a dummy. I, I don't mean to say you're wrong for. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the same camp. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say I actually laughed during that mm-hmm. because at one point it, it's like there are a couple shots where it's very literally a dummy. Um, but the thing that it's really shocked around, me, like it's two pounds. It's great. Yeah. The thing that really shocked me, though, is that she like got up from that. I was like, oh, my God, there's yeah. no way she's she's not dead right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, uh, that that scene goes on for a long time. It does. I think a cool thing about that scene is that uh, Sugimoto is actually riding that motorcycle. Like it's clearly yeah. the actors doing that um rather than you know stunt drivers or anything like that um you know this most is before... of the scenes in this movie you can kind of tell what tone they're going for but I'll, I'll say that one i i think they were trying to make it serious in mm. which case yeah it's very over the top sorry i didn't mean to no definitely uh I, yeah i agree i think after that point it's like serious time and then she <laughs> blows up the bosses with a uh crazy time bomb uh plan that was like uh very well timed, I guess. <laughs> oh man, that that part had two different product placements in it. It had a uh, there was a uh, a Seiko timer on the bomb, and then she looks <laughs> at her watch, and it's a Timex watch. Nice. Uh, I I thought that the Seiko timer on the bomb was especially funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Just just yeah, I saw that, and I was like, is I don't think that this kind of movie does product placement like that. Did, is this just like these were the cheapest props we could find is actual branded stuff? I do like to imagine sponsorship meetings for a movie like this. Like how badly <laughs> are these women going to get beaten with sticks? Oh, very badly. We think that that lines up perfectly with the, the brand ideals of Timex. Yes, you, we, you, you got it free. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. like we want our name on this explosive that murders a car full of people. <laughs> hey, they're the bad guys. It's perfect. Yeah. Although um, I, I will say that uh, during that scene at first, I was like, why is she using why is she following them on a car? Why doesn't she just like get on her bike? Because I totally thought that she was just going to like drive by and throw the bomb in their window. Yeah, that's what I thought, uh, too. Um, and I kind of <laughs> I mean, like very kind of clever to put in the glove box and assume that they would just like take her car. But uh, I I really wish that she had just gotten on a bike and, and thrown the bomb in the car and then the car would have exploded. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was like really, really hoping for that because at that point there's five minutes left in the movie and I even wrote down in my notes like there's five minutes left. What could possibly happen? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I was scared. She was going to just blow herself up like when she once she put it in the glove compartment and it was clear that she wasn't going to just toss it into their car. I was yeah. like, oh, God, she's just going to like rear end uh, into them and then blow up. But uh, no, she just like knew that they would steal her car i guess it's so funny like how uh like clockwork they just kind of like are like well our car's broken let's take her car and then drive off you know (laughs) yeah um they read the script they read the script of the movie (laughs) it it was an astonishingly hasty ending it felt like they had four openings of a movie and they couldn't decide which to use so they used all of them and then the ending they were like oh well we're we're out of time because we filmed four beginnings 
And so she sneaks into the Yakuza base to get revenge and she's sitting in a, in a vent and it's never shown how she gets into the vent Mm-mm. with a knife. <laughs> and she's like waiting for the perfect moment to drop oh, yeah. it on the Yakuza leader. And yeah, then she, she totally donks it and yeah. they immediately capture her. Yeah, she plays Sky Knife. I was, uh, I was very, uh, like, I, I, we're watching New Girl right now and I'm going through it for the first time. And there's an episode where, um, where Zoe Deschanel's uh, sister, played by Linda Cardellini, comes into town. She's kind of a rough customer. And she's teaching everybody in the loft how to play a game called Sky Knife, where they just throw, uh, you know, set of kitchen knives up into the uh, ceiling to see if it sticks. And mm-hmm. be careful, because they'll fall on you. <laughs> essentially, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Abby, what was your f- favorite part of the film? Oh, that that's I, I can't say I was surprisingly touched by the, the bit of um, Nami and Sachiko just having a having a fist fight by the river. Yeah. And it it was responsible for my favorite shot of the movie where the camera just sort of tilts a little. And where you think that they're in this isolated spot, you see like there's a huge crowd on top of a bridge that's gathered. And I assume that's just people who gathered. They were like, oh, they're filming a movie down there. And they couldn't get them out of the shoot. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, so. But it, it was, yeah, and then there's like the sad music playing and then like they've beaten the snot out of each other and, and then they start bonding and then they become best friends. And I, 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 I may just be lonely and sad and <laughs> looking for things to be sad about, but I was like, this is one of the only times when I, I've seen women do the thing where you beat the snot out of someone and like through that you bond. And I'm like, that's beautiful. More women (laughs) should beat the snot out of each other. And then I called up my sister and I was like, I know you disowned me years ago, uh, Alexandra, um, doing a PhD at Carnegie Mellon University, uh, whose thesis advisor, oh, I shouldn't dox her. Um, (laughs) I know you disowned me when I came out, but uh, I think we could still be friends. Uh, Let's have a, a... I, I won't even use brass. Oh, this is just grim. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I would never fight my sister uh, because I don't think she deserves that much effort. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Th- th- this was meant to be funny and uh, I've just depressed myself. I'm very sorry. I didn't mean to. So that um, scene it features the theme song by uh, yeah. Miki Sugimoto, uh, Ona Bancho Nagare Mono, the girl boss drifter. Um, which is like, yeah, great. I think that that is the theme song that kind of carries from film to film. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Um, I don't love many of the girl on girl fights in this just because of it, it. I don't know. I, I don't like it in professional wrestling either. There's just too much hair pulling. Hmm. Um, hmm. they, they do have a couple good like punches going on in those scenes, but yeah. the one where they're fighting, the two of them are fighting in the water, uh, it, it it is like I was like yeah this is definitely a pinky movie they're making <laughs> felt like making this look as erotic as possible and then I was like are are they actually gonna have them kiss because like <laughs> and then they they laugh and then they're friends so I'm like oh okay um, yeah essentially but I mean I, I, I guess that's my normal up- reaction when two people are fighting I expect them to kiss after instead of being <laughs> friends. It's funny you bring up uh, too much hair pulling because the whole time I'd watch I did not go to a, a good high school. Uh, and all I could think through this whole movie was like, there's not nearly as much hair pulling as there realistically would be. <laughs> like in my school, there, there would you just see clumps of hair like rolling down the hall like tumbleweeds <laughs> because there were so many fights. 
and and that's the first thing you go for or hoop earrings like whatever is Ooh. easiest to grab Ooh. and, and that the, oh it's savage I, yeah this is the idyllic uh, movie version of hair pulling <laughs> yes i i thought you know this is not how how such people would fight because they all have this beautiful long flowing hair like the the monk lady is the only one who i think knew what she was doing mm. yeah <laughs> um so alex what was your favorite part my favorite part um I do want to shout out uh, that part that Abby was talking about just because um, uh, I introduced Tempopo to uh, to my girlfriend very mm. recently. And um, that really great scene of uh, Pisken and uh, and Goro fighting and then them becoming friends afterwards. I was like, oh, yeah, this is very typical in these type of movies and it's awesome. Uh, so I was actually pretty um I was very happy to see that. My favorite part is honestly when Nami shows up for the first time, she has this really great entrance with this Dutch angle, which is classic like uh, Suzuki. I've only ever seen, of course, the Truck Yara movies, but he uses Dutch angles a whole lot in those movies. And um, his uses, his uses of Dutch angles in this one is also very, uh, I I applaud them. And it's very like uh, tokusatsu, like speaking of common writer, like to have danger at kind of the bottom of a, spot and then the hero Uh pops up at the very like top of a building yes (laughs) yeah yeah it was very tokusatsu and i i really appreciated that and i i just love good entrances like that um uh yeah her her entrance kicked ass and it followed what i thought was a very fun brawl too Mm. um uh yeah so that's Honestly, that's probably my favorite part. I like. Yeah. I, I was just like, "Oh man, she's so cool." <laughs> and her name is Nami. Nami. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, how about you, V? Uh, I I really like all the grifting when they first get into town, but I think my <laughs> my favorite uh, part is actually the sequence where one of the girls seduces the uh, the like uh, Catholic priest catches yeah. chlamydia and then they decide to give it to the all of the like <laughs> goons for the yakuza um oh, just she's that, a biological that, weapon <laughs> just yeah. that whole sequence uh paying off with them like all having like pee over burning the side pee of the off the dock yeah. is uh, i laugh pretty hard at that yeah, yeah. It's a very guys being dudes moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> dudes rock apparently uh yeah uh, yeah apparently i love the subtitle or um what they say while they're while they're paying they say oh four guys killed in action <laughs> I, that's very funny yeah i love that. that that that's a good example of the sort of comedy bits uh working really well um yeah as for me um i think a part i want to shout out is the uh, musical sequence on the beach um the 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 musician who will make you believe that piano music can come out of a guitar (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i laughed so hard i laughed so hard when that started happening i was like like, (laughs) i'm totally used to these cheapo movies like having background music that shouldn't diegetically be there when people are having a song but like the fact that they timed it perfectly to him plucking the guitar to music like piano keys coming out and there's no guitar in that song at all like it's just no. piano music <laughs> Yeah. 
so good. And so it's like, that's like my, that's the perfect sweet spot for me where it's like funny and goofy, but also like romantic and tragic. And uh, we get to see like a really nice, uh, you know, shot of everyone sat on the beach next to a bonfire and we get the drama um, of Sachiko uh, lamenting Ichiro's death and everything, and and oh, the the fact that like Ichiro had just said that he wanted to hear the song and he'd never get to hear the song, but they're gonna perform it for him anyway, um, was just like very very good. Like I think that stuff is like exactly what I want <laughs> in a movie. Um, regarding the grifting at the at the beginning, uh, one thing I thought was actually super funny is when uh, she forgets to like you know she's. She uh, she offers the guy sex for uh, 50,000 yen at, or I'm sorry, 5,000 yen. And he's like, oh, that's that's like way too much. Uh, plus, I'm you know, I've you know, I'm uh, I only have sex. No, that's right. I only have sex for love. Mm-hmm. And then she says, how about 1000? He's like, let's go. <laughs> and then she forgets to ask for payment. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, um, that's the that same seems- lady that slept with the priest. Like that's her whole deal. Is yeah. that she's just uh, so sex crazy? She forgets the grift. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like yeah. if one of Top Cat's gang was really horny, <laughs> as opposed <laughs> like to all cats. of them. Yeah. Um, the, you uh, read my fan fiction. <laughs> the part of that that I really like is uh, Sachiko is, was like, don't forget to like grab him by the balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see her like remember this and reach up and make a claw hand like she's about to do it. And then she just like drops her arm back because she's having too much fun. Uh, <laughs> but the the payoff to that of her actually uh, doing that with the uh, the Yakuza goons was pretty good. A thing I love about that is when she's pro- uh, when she's propositioning that guy, she's in front of this like huge cutout of like a romantic Hollywood movie. Um, I think it might be Humphrey Bogart or something. It's 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 some like classic uh, romantic movie. And so you've got this, but then you've got this like, you know, loose lady and a dirty old man uh, having <laughs> talking about being paid for sex and stuff like that. And I just thought that that was a pretty funny thing that they obviously like did on purpose because they're both standing in front of uh, each of the characters and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah. So shall we dance uh, an American remake? Um, would that be uh, made? Could it be made? <laughs> um, <laughs> should it be made? Um, that anybody have thoughts about this? I mean, Look, they made pirates, right? That's the most expensive <laughs> porno ever made. Um, it's like feature length and it's full of boring exposition. Uh, I feel like if they do, if they could do that, then they could probably. I mean, look, if they remade this, it would be classified as porn, right? Like mm-hmm. you'd, you'd kind of have to, right? Like, well, not necessarily. You could take all that like. You know, girl gangs are kind of having a moment or were a few years ago mm. or something like I, I think that like people are into the idea of uh, seeing movies like this. But then maybe a lot of times they're not they are more like these kind of like <laughs> softcore porn stuff that they're not necessarily into. So I feel like you could take the like trappings of this and the basic plot story and make a non porn version uh, that folks might be into. Yeah, I think that for me, I think there's the story is too segmented for Mm -hmm. there to be an actual adaptation of this. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. There's so like my my chief complaint of why I don't like this is there is so little plot going on. Like it's the the movie doesn't 
really get going in earnest until like halfway through it before we actually get any kind of sense of character stakes. And I do appreciate the, uh, the, the, the funny bits, but I kind of wish it were interspersed with more of an actual narrative, Mm. uh, which I know is a silly thing to ask for in like a, a a goofy erotic movie. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I I guess coming from uh, Norfami Suzuki, I was expecting a little more, but then thinking about it, the like truck Yarrow films, some of them don't always like establish stakes or like the, the Madonna very quickly in the movie. And so like not knowing the entire canon of the girl boss film series, maybe the other movies are better about uh, having a more structured plot. Um, But it's something I was thinking about the whole time through this, even though I did not enjoy the movie, I'm glad that we have finally covered at least uh, in earnest one uh, pinky violence film just because um, a few years ago, Nikatsu did a like series called return of the Roman porno mm. um, where they had a lot of contemporary directors uh, make their own pinky movies. Uh, obviously not super explicit, but, but very much like uh, erotic sex comedies in the vein of uh, the throwback to the original Nikatsu uh, Roman porno films. And I think that like, even there's nothing that I think is specifically like endemic to Japan, aside from like the, the idea of specifically escape on girl gangs, but the mm. idea of the U S having a similar revival of there, there are plenty of people right now who have like semi ironic appreciation of Russ Meyer and other sexploitation films mm-hmm. and Emmanuel and stuff that I could absolutely see like a smaller distributor having some kind of like project where they get a bunch of smaller directors and do a similar thing of just having them kind of do a small revival of this uh, genre. Sure. <clears throat> I, I suspect that um, it would be hard to adapt this simply because so much of the, the joy of the movie is this feeling of like, oh, you're watching a bunch of people having fun making a movie together yeah. and not really worrying too much about making it good uh, to the point that you'd have to sort of dramatically change it. But there there is an easy inroad because uh, they've already officially sort of translated the title of the series as Girl Boss and all of the subtitles they're just consistently translating like all the different like Bancho Sukeban, like all, all the different terms as like, oh, you're a girl boss. Like even when they're clearly not the boss and they're just a member of a gang, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you're you're a, a bunch of girl bosses. <laughs> and then they're always going out to brunch and having <laughs> champagne in the middle of the morning. And I feel like that tonally is is something that you could really lean into these days and sort of get a bunch of really obnoxious rich people to be like, oh, yeah, it's 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 empowering like, oh, they're going to give priests the clap in an empowering way. I feel like you could sell this to idiots really easily. Aren't you and just pitching I'm sex and try city? to. <laughs> Absolutely. It starts with four of them. It starts with four of them. Um, sex in the city and motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's a that's a big kind of debate around these kinds of movies. I, that's almost like the entirety of the like special features of uh, the arrows um, uh, scorpion movies are like people coming on and being like, 
is this feminist? <laughs> is this empowering? <laughs> uh, kinda. Depends on how you look at it, you know. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's maybe not the intent, but it's something that someone can pull from it if they wish, you know, is kind of the thing with these movies. And, you know, I think that um I think that something like this is a lot easier for me at least to look at when it's like 50 years old than uh, something that's being made today, you know, where I can mm. kind of give it a pass a little bit and get into the kitsch of it. Um, you know, uh, it, it, yeah. And then it, it does end up resembling more of like faster pussycat kill kill or something like that. Um, which I also dig. Um, so yeah, I think that this is like the kind of thing that belongs in a cult <laughs> movie house yeah, <laughs> rather than yeah. uh, your your Hollywood blockbuster or something. Mm-hmm. It, it's strange because I feel like a lot more sort of self-consciously empowering projects um, sort of end up leaving me cold because I see like, oh, it's this character who's like super gorgeous and super talented and incredible. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just put psychologically into like, oh, oh, it's high school and this person would uh, make fun of me. Uh, whereas like this, I'm like, oh, we, we would have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. This would be I'd, I'd love to just fuck around with these people and, and do top cat schemes. And like maybe one of us could dress up um, and pretend to be like a like a visiting magnate from a foreign country. And, and we could get like Officer Jellystone or whatever the, the top cat guy's name was to uh, escort us to to the embassy. And then at the end, he'd see oh, one of us is a cat. And I, I, I realize now that they're not cats in this movie. I, I just <laughs> really like Top Cat. The yeah. Hanna-Barbera Onobancho. TC to his friends. <laughs> Pitch it. Pitch it. Now I just want to see. If that's not your next comic project, I'll be very disappointed. I want to see Miki Sugimoto just eat an entire fish and pull out a skeleton. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm into that. <laughs> it's, oh, my gosh. The, the, um. Miki Sugimoto is great in this because she's always wearing these dark sunglasses and then she takes them off and she's just got this such a like I just kept and before I say this, I, I'm aware that this probably just sounds like um, that onion article like I has only ever seen one movie associates everything with that movie. But she gave me such Captain Marvelous from Go Kiger. Oh, like, <laughs> just this tough. Yeah. Like unflappable person sitting at the back. The thing I love about her sunglasses are is the makeout scene she has with Ichiro where they're both wearing their sunglasses. Yes. And I was just like, geez, dudes, take those off. This <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love Sugimoto. I think she has a great look. And um, I don't know. Um, I, I see her criticized sometimes for uh, being kind of flat uh, performance wise, but I I like her a lot. Um, speaking of which, let's talk about the Takashi Shimura Award uh, for Outstanding or Scene-Stealing Performance. Um, v, who would you give this to? So I wanted to give this to the Buddhist nun character mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because I like I like her a lot. But she, aside from her introduction scene, she just has so little to do. Uh, so I feel like I have to give it to uh, Miki Sugimoto just because she's she's the only one with a lot to work with, uh, in this out of the, the, uh, gangster girls. And she, I, I feel like it's shitty to say that she's kind of like a diet Meiko Kaji. Hmm. Uh, but she does it. She's like, even, even a diet version is still really good. Yeah. 
So she she manages to command that screen really well and give those icy stares, even if she's not like making me seriously feel like I'm about to be murdered IRL. <laughs> yeah, there can only be one Mako Kaji, but <laughs> she can't be in every movie, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Alex, how about you? Uh, who plays Nami? Uh, that's Reiko Ike. Yeah, I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she really embodied uh, embodied that character pretty well. I, I honestly, I think I was I was really gravitated towards her character because of her cool entrance and um, the fact that she just broke all the rules and she was like homegirl, like Kyoto homegirl, and she's just and she has this, uh, you know, her brother is the yakuza guy, and yeah. you know she's got. Uh, you know, she, she's got turmoil. Like, I, I don't know, like any time that she was on screen or where she wasn't on screen, I was like, where's Nami? I was, it was like a Poochie situation. <laughs> um, that's not to say I didn't enjoy Sachiko and I, I thought that she did a fine, fine job as well. Like I would, you know, I would say that the two of them were, were the, were the leads. I, I will say that, um, Rika with the scar, like when she shows up, I totally thought that she was going to be the big bad, like mm-hmm. of it all. Oh Yeah. Um, but I, I, this is also my first time really watching a skip, uh, skip out uh, Skiban movie. Um, such an odd thing to pronounce skip Skiban. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, I honestly didn't know that, um, it was customary for them to be working for, uh, Yakuza dudes. I'm not sure if that is a thing or not, but yeah, uh, I think it's just it that, sort of, um, Skiban, yeah kind of follow fall into that um gosh i'm forgetting what the term is for male like delinquents you know not yankee but what no not boncho or is that more of a high school level no that's the thing is that the yakuza are organized they have lots of money a lot of connections and they like literally like own the town kind of right and then there's these sort of delinquents who are kind of more like small time and i think it's just that the the case of the matter is because of the patriarchy uh, that Yakuza are is a like basically an entirely male organization. And so the escape on, I wouldn't say necessarily like work for the Yakuza, but I guess they kind of do. They have to kind of pay uh, towards the Yakuza because they're on their turf more or less. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. There's that scene where uh, they grift the, um, I couldn't actually identify his religion. They, they grift that one priest. Um, yeah. And and then immediately the, the Yakuza are like, hey, the, this priest came to us and told us about how you were uh, extorting him, <laughs> uh, which seemed like an interesting relationship. I would have liked to see that scene. Yeah, right. So he like obviously has a relationship with them already. Um, that's probably <laughs> a little less exploitative, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so Abby, who had the outstanding performance for you? I, I feel like I'm betraying the sisterhood here, but I loved, uh, M- M- Mario Agata. Um, mm-hmm. he just, oh, I, yeah. his first scene, I was taking notes through the whole thing and his first scene where he just shows up and he's like, Hey, I'm old friends with this fictional character, Ichiro, even though I am a real person. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I didn't know that he was like a real guy, although you can kind of tell just from like how it's clearly just a guy doing a walk on yeah. <laughs> as himself. Um, and then he walks off. He's got a guitar the whole time, but he doesn't play a song. And I thought that that was just the funniest thing <laughs> ever if he never appeared again. <laughs> like having um, 
what's his name, Mojo Nixon in the Super Mario movie with his guitar and then never. <laughs> and then spending the whole movie as some kind of lizard monster. It's madness. Um, but then he, he shows up again and, and then a third time. And he's just like he grew on me every time because like, he's got this one like crooked tooth. Yeah. And like he doesn't he looks simultaneously 12 years old and 60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the time, I think he was like 25. Uh, but like something about like his eyes are just far enough out that I don't know. He's, he's just a fascinating man to yeah. look at. <laughs> Glorious head <laughs> and, of hair. And I, I hope he had a I mean, he, he still has a wonderful career. I hope he's had a happy life because he deserves it just facially. He could be an asshole for all I know. Yeah, he's very but, like, breezy and casual in this movie. Like yeah. he feels like a natural. He doesn't feel stiff like you might think a musician would be uh, in an acting role. Yeah. 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 Really, it, it might have just been subconsciously I was associating him with um, Ken Hayakawa from uh, Kaiketsu Zubat because he had that guitar all the time. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, and as we say, everyone was riding around on motorcycles with helmets. So <laughs> I just expected him to say, no, you're at best uh, the second most talented musician in the city <laughs> and sort of cheekily point to himself and, and beat someone up with his mm-hmm. guitar. <laughs> Um, yeah, as for me, I, I think I'm going to fall on the side of Reiko Ike. Um, yeah, like, as I said a few times, I, I totally love Sugimoto and, um, think that she's great in this, but like, Ike just kind of, yeah, commands any scene that she's in, you know, it's, it's sort of written that way with her being this like cool lone wolf character. Um, but I love the drama that she has with her brother, who I also think is really good. I, I forgot to look up who that was, but she and her brother both have a lot of like, good uh dramatic looks at each other you know as he's always kind of like seriously (laughs) are you gonna do this to me again and you know uh but she doesn't care and she will do whatever she wants um which is cool (laughs) i think that their relationship is a little thin by the fact that they don't like tell you exactly like what the the real problem was with them in the past you just know i guess that she is a troublemaker or whatever and won't do what the yakuza say but um, yeah, I, I thought that uh, EK's performance was like really especially powerful and, and gripping uh, in this. And yeah, what an entrance. <laughs> so good. Um, so does anybody have any final thoughts uh, on the movie before we close out? Anything that we haven't covered? Um, I'm going through my notes really quick. Um, I thought the scene where... Uh the toilet scene was really disgusting. Oh, yeah, it was gross. Um, like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am, I am all for pee pee poo poo humor, but, uh, actually seeing shit does not, does not make me happy when I watch a movie. See someone actually urinated on their head. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was foul. Like there's a lot of stuff like I totally don't, um, this is a movie that I totally understand if you don't dig. And so like, I'm not surprised. Um, I, I was kind of curious how everybody was going to feel about it. I was curious how I was going to feel about it. Um, but I came out on the more positive side and yeah, it's just the kind of thing where, um, you know, I can't, uh, unabashedly recommend this to anyone, but I, I do like the parts in between the parts I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, uh, let's see. I also wrote down that Ichiro kisses like an alien trying to suck someone's brains out. <laughs> yeah, I kept telling Amy that like these two look like they're trying to eat each other. It's horrifying. <laughs> That's they had a, a lot of does. Uh, aggressive energy. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're aggressively horny at each other. Like it was very, 
Um, yeah, very, yeah. <laughs> She's uh, like, I'm going to rape you. And he's like, no, I'm going to rape you. And it's uh, like, well, as long that, as we've that was come to I this understanding. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I was, that like, was something I wanted is... to bring up and I wasn't sure about because the subtitles translated as rape every time, but like they're both clearly having a great time. It's, it's the, and I didn't know. It's, it's framed like, clearly the enough in the using? scene that like they, they are both into this and this is just like, yeah. They're what down was, for it. That's does anyone not, remember what it, the word they were using? Consensual. I don't no. know. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't latch onto it. Yeah, it's 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 their kink. Uh, it's sort of the most extreme version of "I love you more." No, I love you more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the pink version of that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I also write wrote down something else. Uh, where is it? Uh, oh yeah, the music. I thought the music was great. Yeah, music um, was great. I don't know who composed it, but it sounded at a lot parts like a lot like a uh, Shinsuke uh, Kikuchi. Yeah, I looked it up because I thought it might be because he did do a lot of uh, Toei stuff. Yeah. Um, and I looked it up and I thought it might even be the guy that did the Trugiaro music because um, it sounds very similar uh, to that score. And I think it's just that a lot of those musicians had the same kind of vibe going and the same instruments and probably players and stuff uh, to work with. Um, yeah, I, I don't have that name off the top of my head, but um, but I thought the music was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the music a lot. But... There, there was one uh, exchange of dialogue where the Gakuza say, never betray us again, and one of the girls says, we'll always betray you. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that, yeah. It makes me want, like, that, I, I didn't know that this was a series until uh, we started recording, but now that makes so much sense. Uh, and even if they don't, you know, betray them mm. in the previous movies, it still makes that scene funny and awesome. Yeah, I will I don't know say... if I was looking at the wrong movies. I couldn't see a lot of overlap with um, cast with what I thought were the other movies in the series. I might be looking at it wrong, but it I might mean, be like a just... Doctor Who like thematic. This is exactly what I was going to say, is that yeah. I wouldn't count on the same characters uh, carrying on from series to series. It's probably uh, just Miki Sugimoto and maybe Reiko Ike, and then just kind of the general vibe. Um, mm. that's a lot of the times the way that, uh, Japanese film series worked at this time is it's just like a title that you recognize, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> um, but you're not necessarily going to see the adventures of Sachiko, um, I, from movie I was to on movie. Tenderhooks for the backstory of the bald girl. Yeah. <laughs> she gets her own spinoff movie. <laughs> well, great. Um, any, any last notes, Alex, that we haven't, uh, covered? In your notes there? No, we're good. Abby? Um, Oh, I I, I had one last note, which is uh, a lot of creative writing people will tell you that the essence of dramatic dialogue is when characters, uh, because of the drama of the scene, uh, say the opposite of what they mean, and you can tell. And and that's like the the building block of a a really good line. Mm -hmm. And Sachiko, on the other hand, is like blunt to the point of violence. And there's a scene with Ichiro... It made me laugh so hard because at one point Sachiko does lie about her feelings, but then she immediately says, I always say the opposite of what I mean. I know. I loved it. (laughs) It's like so poetically stupid. Like I just, yeah, I love it because it sounds like a cool line, but it's like dumb. I don't know. Yeah, this is, uh, it's the kind of thing I love. That's like, that's, that's what I love. Like, that's why I keep seeking out these kinds of movies where a lot of times I will be like, Oh, I wish there wasn't so much torture in them. I wish there wasn't so much of this or that in them because they have, so much other stuff that I do love that I feel very like conflicted um, about uh, movies like this. 
But um, you, you know, in in One Piece, when Luffy like blanks his mind to make himself so stupid that he's a genius, <laughs> yes. I feel like there's an approach to filmmaking that's very similar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Norifumi Suzuki, for bringing blanking your mind and giving us this uh, weird uh, gem or turd, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Alex, what are we going to be talking about next episode? Uh, next episode, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about punch perms and putting our hands in our pockets and undoing our school uniforms in the middle of the day because we're going back to high school, Bebop High School. What? Um, uh, I know next to nothing about Bebop High School other than uh, it's uh, it's based on a manga. Um, it's a series of live action movies based on a manga by Hiroshi Kato. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> by Katsuhiro Kuichi. Mm. Uh, Hiroshi Kato is one of the characters. Mm. Um, this is how see how little I know about this. But next episode, I will know a lot. Um, so tune in to, to see exactly how much. Yeah, this <laughs> is a good uh, follow up. We're going to have a sort of like. The, the male delinquent high school thing, only I think this is going to be maybe a bit kind of in between this and Skabon Deca as far as like <laughs> content, maybe a little on the lighter side. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I I recently uh, uh, bought a video game uh, called uh, The Friends of uh, Ringo Ishikawa um, uh, on Switch. And that's a, a spinoff of the River City series, right? Uh, I think Kunio Kun. It's it's inspired by Kunio Kun. It's not. Uh, I thought he was Doesn't like a, a boss from one of those. Oh, never mind. oh, it might be. I don't know. No, no idea. But uh, the cool thing is um, there's a button for putting your hand in your pocket and uh, <laughs> another button for lighting a cigarette and putting it in your mouth. And then you can use that same button to flick the cigarette. Oh, so and, good. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And you and your grades are shitty and uh, you have to, and you just get into fights with rival gangs. Um, and, uh, watching Ongaku last year, uh, really made me want to like watch more, uh, delinquent high school, um, punk, uh, punks and movies. And of course, Kamikaze Girls is another, another one of those that like, um, you know, sort of lit that fire under my ass. So, uh, Bebop High School, uh, get ready. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, um. I'm looking here. I believe this was released. Oh, yeah, there's I think uh, DVDs as far as DVDs released. I think this was maybe uh, on the gray market. But uh, yeah, so folks uh, look for it if you can find it. Um, And um, yeah. um, So, Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Where can people follow you and what should they look out for? Uh, I'm, I'm on uh, Twitter at M-I-Z-A-B-I-T-H-A, Ms. Abitha, uh, Abby Denton, and um, abbydenton.podbean.com if you like the sound of that uh, audio sitcom. Um, and, 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 and that's the big stuff for the time being. So awesome. Th- thank you so much for having me on. It was an honor and a privilege. Yeah, anytime you got a movie you want to watch, let us know. <laughs> uh, n- next time I'll try to dig up a, a crowd pleaser. <laughs> um, and V, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, VriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Uh, also, anybody in here who likes uh, Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, the developer has a previous game, uh, I think Arrest of a Stone Buddha, that is a, a, a cr- similar style crime thriller in the 70s nice that sounds cool and alex where can people find you 
Oh, you can find me on Twitter at dude exclamation, all one word. Uh, you can also uh, listen to me on the One Piece podcast every week. Uh, and if you really want uh, to get into some crazy stuff, uh, you can subscribe to the One Piece podcast Patreon and get access to Force to Watch for Kids, the monthly podcast that I do with uh, our buddy um, Steve Yurko. Uh, and as of as of this um, as of when this episode comes out. Uh, we will have released a special uh, April 1st podcast. So uh, so please look forward to that uh, in addition to um, our, our monthly app. So uh, yeah, check that out. And also twitch.tv slash superartfight. Superartfight is a fun thing that I love to do. And guess what? You can do it too. Um, we're opening up uh, our, our, uh, our, our um, what do you call it? We're doing auditions, basically. Not even auditions. Uh, it's a um, our next season is going to be tryouts. Nice. And uh, if you are anywhere with a digital tablet and you want to live draw and stuff, um, please sign up. Uh, check out at Fight on Twitter for details. Nice. Uh, once yeah, that's, that, that looks like up. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun watching yours. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I love doing it a lot, and. Um, uh, we want to have some new blood on, and with the opportunity to reach out all across the internet, uh, mm. we figured that this is probably a good time to do that and uh, and make some new friends along the way. If you think you can take on the champion, yeah, that's <laughs> me. I'm the ch- I'm the champ. <laughs> awesome, and I'm at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Um, look for uh, art that I've made on Instagram and Twitter is art as well as. Um, you know, just general thoughts about movies, TV, comics, all sorts of things. Um, and please check out my graphic novels. The uh, brand new graphic novel, Ghost, well, no, uh, in the Ghost Hog series, maybe I'll say it that way. Um, the, a complimentary uh, addition to Ghost Hog is my new book, Dragon Racer, uh, which is coming out in June. So now is a great time to pre order it. Please, please uh, pre order it. If you pre order it from Avid Bookshop, A V I D, uh, and um, I will sign those books for you if you want a, a signature and a little drawing. Um, and uh, yeah, and and please do check out Ghost Hog, the book that came before it, uh, as well as the Merman graphic novel series. Um, and yeah, and I uh, really appreciate that. As for the podcast, uh, we're at Toho Yaro on Twitter. Uh, if you're not on Twitter, you can also message us. Uh, there's a Toho Yaro Facebook account. Um, you can email us, tohoyaro at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, our Twitter is our main hub where we uh, tweet about our upcoming episodes, uh, episodes that just dropped, uh, any sort of Japanese film news or cool tidbits that we come across. Um, and yeah, that's a great place to request movies for us to cover, request um, you know, guests, uh, to come on or return. Um, and yeah, and please, please, uh, always, as always, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, and review and check us out next episode for Bebop High School. Nagaremo
Why? 